Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Yeah, all right. It's time to enter this football time machine of ours and go back roughly there or thereabouts to the decade that we haphazardly label as the noughties, to the 2000s and to the football of its time. I am Jake from What If Football. This is episode 63 of the Noughties Nostalgia podcast and today we'll be discussing sleeping giants. What makes a sleeping giant? Is there a size limit? Can you be classed as a sleeping giant if you're in the Premier League? Can you wake up from being a sleeping giant? All of that stuff, of course, will be in today's show. If you're enjoying podcasts like these, feel free to head over to our Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash what if football, where for just £1 a month, you get nostalgic football podcasts like covering great games, pitting two teams and players, managers in head-to-head. We've also got written content on there like weekly football columns and a weekly football podcast every Friday as well as football manager stuff and other alternate football universes as well. Let's get stuck straight into today's show. And of course we are a sports social podcast network. Now up until Christmas we are only one day a week as we've finished the second season of the Barclays, but we'll be we'll be back in the new year with another episode of the Barclays. Also, we've got some exclusive Patreon teasers to tide you over during the Christmas period. So Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, we'll have two Patreon stuff podcasts or great games or a head-to-head on there for you to uh, for you to savour there. And uh, maybe if you enjoy it, again, head over to our Patreon page. But today we're on the Spot Social Podcast Network. We're discussing sleeping giants. Now, what makes a sleeping giant? Of course, I asked all my Twitter followers. For me, it is, um, it's an equation, really. It's the size of the team plus the fall. And I think for me, for a football team, it's all relative. So for example, for Ipswich or a Sunderland, I think they have to be in League One. For Ipswich or Sunderland to be in the Championship, they have to be doing spectacularly bad, perhaps spectacularly bad as in Derby's case, for example. Now, had I done this podcast seven, eight months later, 
we'll be discussing Derby as a sleeping giant. Now they have won a league title. Sunderland, Ipswich, um, Sunderland have won a league title. Ipswich, of course, have won a UEFA Cup in the 80s. Um, for them to be in League One, definite sleeping giants for me. So it's all like that. It's kind of relatives. Now, knock that up a level. You've got Nottingham Forest, Champions League winners, or rather European Cup winners, twice in a row in the um, late 70s, early 80s. Now, their lower half of the championship, definite sleeping giants. Whenever they're not in the Premier League, They've got to be a sleeping giant for me, unless they're like they were sort of nearly a decade ago now, unfortunately, where they were pushing for playoffs and making the playoffs quite regularly. I think now, definite sleeping giants. I think Steve Cooper will take them to maybe wake them up, maybe um, kick them into a light snooze, but uh, they'll be they'll be getting better as we uh, as we go along, I think. But I think for European Cup winners, I think there is only... I was racking my brain last night before um, recording this. I think there's only Nottingham Forest and Hamburg who have won the European Cup who are no longer in their top flight. I'll be... um, I'd love to be corrected on that if I'm wrong. Um, I'm pretty sure. Um, Still think Stour Bucharest are in the top flight. Um, That's the only thing... That's the only uh, thing I was sort of umming and ahhing about, but they're definitely... They must be in the top flight, really, those uh, those lads there. Um, But apart from that, it's only Nottingham Forest... 79 and 80, Hamburg 83, who have both won the European Cup, who now, Hamburg have been out of the Bundesliga for some time now. So again, those would be that sort of thing. European Cup winner to sort of second tier out of the, maybe even sort of a Milan or an Arsenal outside of Europe for, or rather outside of the Champions League for a long time, but rather at the cutting edge. Now for this, I think more Milan than Arsenal. Um, Milan were, or rather are, multiple-time European Cup winners, prolific in the 2000s, to then go without Champions League football for what was getting on to almost a decade before they returned this year. That is definite sort of sleeping giant stuff. So those, for me, are the sort of the, 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 sort of the flexible, the uh, relativity of that one. So we'll get on to what makes a sleeping giant, suggested by all of you lovely lads. First, Derek Cleary. He says, a club that had past success but has not won in a while but still retains a large fan base. Now, this could be this could be equated to quite a lot of teams, actually, like uh, a Man United, <laughs> for example. Although I know, I know they're definitely not sleeping giants. They're in the Champions League. You can't be a sleeping giant and be in the Champions League. Um... Absolutely not. That is a definite no-no. Um, we do have, yeah, Arsenal. I don't think they're sleeping giants either. I think you have to be, have no aspirations of Europe whatsoever. And Arsenal do have aspirations are currently in the Europa League places, for example. And they've only, this is their first season without Europe for a long time. And um, I think this definition will become more hazy and hazier as we go on because now more than ever, and increasingly so, I think, less clubs will be winning the trophies. So I think in the 2000s, you had a healthy, healthy mix of teams. By 2008, I seem to recall when Portsmouth won the FA Cup, that was considered a novelty. Wigan definitely, um, Swansea definitely, the League Cup in 2013. Those were considered novelties then. But the earlier part of the decade, it was it was all fine, healthy. There was no sort of, it was Man United and Arsenal sort of dominating, being the one, two for like five, six years, seven years running. But in the cup competitions, you always felt as though you had a chance now, of course, in the FA Cup. Chelsea in 2000, you perhaps couldn't consider them a top, top team. 
um, although they had been in the Champions League that year, but they were nowhere near being an established Champions League force. That was their, you know, first and first Champions League campaign since the fifties. So that's kind of along those same lines. In the League Cup, you had quite a lot of Championship teams making it. Of course, we have to talk about Bradford getting to the League Cup final whilst being in League Two as well. Um, so you always felt as though you had a bit of a chance, at least in the early two thousands. 90s as well, despite, you know, Manchester United hoovering up all the FA Cups they could um, muster, as well as Arsenal, really, and Chelsea. And uh, Dave Matheson says, previous achievements, fan base, stadium capacity, outside the top flight to be in a slumber. Now, I do think you can be in the top flight and be a sleeping giant. For example, say, I think you have to be so big, though. Like, for example, Forest in Championship whilst being European champions, I think that's fine. Ipswich and Sunderland slightly lower down in League One, I think that's fine as well. I'd say you'd have to be Manchester United, Liverpool, Arsenal, bottom half for five, six years. I think that is the absolute sort of biggest a club can be and still be called a sleeping giant. Obviously, if you get relegated as well, you know, that's like Man United, that happened to them in the 70s. That can also be the case. To um, fan base and stadium capacity, um, definitely stadium capacity. Yeah, because it does that stadium. A big stadium capacity infers previous achievements, doesn't it? As well. Now, of course, you may have outliers like 1860 Munich played at the Allianz before. Um, those are just outliers, of course. Um, we do have. I think the majority of the big teams here have big stadiums. We're getting to that point now. Um, we've. Teams like Tottenham and Arsenal moving stadiums, Man City and Liverpool constantly upgrading. And Sunderland, 47,000 there or thereabouts. I think that definitely has to be uh, equated into that. And fan base, of course. I think the most, uh, to a point of cliche, I think Leeds, their fan base going up and down the country whilst in League One, you know, that that screams, you know, hardcore fan base there. And I think Leeds definitely, <laughs> one ones that we'll discuss later on, teams that uh, may have crept out of that slumber, so to speak. Maracas Flute says, minimum of two first division titles not currently in the Premier League, preferably have spent at least three of the last 10 years in the third tier. Stadium over 30,000, not south of the Midlands. And the greatest ever player is in black and white. Now, the last one's a bit eclectic. Um, a minimum of two first division titles I'll slightly disagree with because of the forest factor. Maybe that's two huge titles. Um, so Forest have won one league title, two European Cups. I think what makes Forest big is those European Cups. Um, so I think if you sort of reword that and change first division to major, major titles, because Forest, uh, without a shadow of doubt, I think it's the first, the first club and um, a lot of clubs really, a lot of people that mentioned teams that could be classed as sleeping giants, the majority of them did say Nottingham Forest, including Maracas Flu as well. <laughs> So maybe the statistic that they only won, they've only won one league title, um, maybe does get sort of swept under the rug. I did, well, a little spoiler for a video coming out, would be later on this week, actually. Two points for a win. Um, yeah, we uh, forgot my train of thought there, but there we are. <laughs> I'm just giving you a video title there. I'm sure it'll come back to me. Um, later on. Oh yeah, that was it. Uh, First division champions will, I think in the 60s, 70s and 80s, were probably swept under the rug for the most part in favour of European Cup winners when English clubs were dominating in the 70s and 80s and the FA Cup winners. We all remember the 81 Cup final. We all remember the 87 Cup final. If we were around 
know, 73, 76, those cup finals with uh, Southampton, Sunderland winning. You, you remember those? Um, tell me who won the, the league in sort of a certain year. You'd probably struggle to sort of pinpoint that with, you know, accuracy. And um, if anybody knows who won the league title in 1980, let me know. Um, I'm not sure it was Liverpool, but um, yeah, probably was. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> there we go. Um, in terms of three of the last 10 years in the third tier, Forest haven't done that either. They don't equate to that. Um, stadium over 30,000, I think we've redu- capacities do get reduced and reduced if the stadium, if you're not moving stadiums. They do get kind of reduced over time, obviously, no standing anymore, um, disability access, that kind of thing. You, like, for example, you see Old Trafford going from 77 or rather 76,000 down to 73. Um, that's for disability. That's, you know, that's obviously that's acceptable. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you creep from 30 down to 29, there are teams maybe... Huddersfield may be a bit too small for this, but Huddersfield won three league titles in the championship, although doing quite well this season, um, obviously had that spell there or thereabouts a couple of years back in the Premier League. Had they not had that and still be in the place they are now in the league, I'm not still not sure we have to be discussing. Now they're not 30,000, they're around 24, 25 when I last checked, when I last went. Um, got my COVID vaccine in the St. Uh, John Smith's Gal Farm, you know, whatever you want to call it, stadium. Shout out to them. Um, not south of the Midlands, um, <laughs> I kind of get um, where Maracas Flute's coming from there. I think in terms of uh, in terms of how big you are, say if Chelsea got relegated um, next season and stayed down there for five years, they'd be a sleeping giant. <laughs> and the greatest player in black and white, um, I presume in picture-wise, um, yeah, I think sort of Newcastle fits that bill, doesn't it, a little bit? <laughs> Kind of, uh, maybe not the third tier stuff, but uh, and I'd say Newcastle probably are right on the edge of being a sleeping giant because, well, we all know they're going to awake soon, but uh, they've got their alarm set. Uh, the the are, they are, I think they are a sleeping giant. They've got the huge fan base. They've got the huge stadium. They may not have been in League One. They may only have spent a season here and there in the Championship for as big as a club as what they are, though. Two seasons, too many to a lot of people, and Newcastle, even though they haven't had the cup success um, since I mean the sixties for the Fairs Cup, in terms of domestic success, even further back. So Newcastle, I think, are on that sort of sweet spot. Really, George Spencer says, "Great potential, past past glories, and sustained underachievement." Liverpool in the nineties, for example. Hmm, yeah, that is that's a good one. I think. I think because Liverpool's decline from the 80s to the 90s was so sheer, um, we tend to think of them as sleeping giants. They were still getting into European semi-finals. Maybe may have been just the Cup Winners' Cup, but still, they they won the FA Cup, they won the League Cup. Um, I, I, I would err on the side of caution with that one, with Liverpool in the 90s. Now, of course, they were the biggest team in England in the 80s. It's undoubtable, undisputable. Um, and I think it is that, that transition to absolute nothing or very little rather, you know, PSG in the Cup Winners' Cup semi-final. You got Sunderland in 92 in the FA Cup final, Bolton in the 96 League Cup final, I think it was, or 95 either way. Um, so you do have scraps there and obviously in comparison it pales into comparison really which is why I think you you have a lot of people 
thinking Leeds and Liverpool in the 90s. And for example, you could translate that to Man United in the 2020s or rather late, or post-Ferguson post really, isn't it? Um, they've had two tro- three trophies to speak of, an FA Cup, a League Cup and the Europa League. Similar lines to Liverpool in the 90s, really. But you know that they're never too far away from getting back. And obviously Manchester United, I think, is a worse example because they're routinely in the Champions League there or thereabouts um, Liverpool weren't then obviously that in that there was a lot to that was a lot to European football as it was in the 90s so if Liverpool Liverpool would have qualified for a Champions League in the mid 90s if the format was like it is now of course because they did have a top four finish in and around that I believe in the mid 90s especially um, when the team was coming through and a couple of actually a couple of seasons so it obviously it's all determinate on the uh the format of the European competitions as well. And I think if obviously the format had been shifted back 20 years and we see Liverpool in the 90s afforded the 32-team Champions League, they probably wouldn't be called sleeping giants. They'd probably win a Champions League in the mid-90s, maybe. Who knows? Um, but um, the past glory is definitely sustained under achievement, definitely, and potential as well. Um, you do. I think you do have to have the past glories rather than the great potential. So you could say, for example, Wrexham, potential Plymouth potential um not really had much past glories I think those two clubs are sleeping rather than sleeping giants at the minute um they both could be quite huge teams there's no reason why they can't be of course investment from Wrexham coming through they just beat Halifax Town this week um the week that we're recording um so yeah gut punch there for Halifax fans uh, I, I, yeah, they're sleeping rather than sleeping giants. But um, yeah, I agree to an extent. James Willis says teams which have achieved European success but have since fallen down the leagues. Now, there's not a right, there's not a lot of teams who have, I mean, determined how you equate European success. Ipswich, definitely. 1981 UEFA Cup winners in League One. Um, Nottingham Forest Hamburg, as we discussed earlier on. There's not a great deal of teams. European Cup, I mean, you had Milan and Marseille, but then Juventus, who'd won European Cups and dropped out of the league, but they were due to scandal <laughs> rather than their own failings on the pitch. Um, so I don't, they don't count, um, of course. <laughs> you, you got so Man United in the 70s, I guess. Um, you do... Kaiserslautern to an extent. I think if you've been successful in domestically as well, I think that should be counting because you got teams like Kaiserslautern, Deportivo, La Coruña in the third tier of their domestic sort of structure now. And they'd, they were winning league titles around a similar time to each other. Kaiserslautern won their league title in 98 and Deportivo won their league title in 2000 and they're now both in the, in the third tier of um, German and Spanish football respectively. I think a lot of, well, it doesn't necessarily have to be a lot, it's recent really. I mean, I don't know if we'd call Leicester Sleeping Giants if they if they got relegated this week, uh, this week, this season, and uh, stayed there. We wouldn't probably say that about them. Um, it has to be sustained. So say, for example, even if Arsenal did, obviously, you know, or rather taking it, to, taking it across Europe, although there's not a right lot of uh, leagues where you've got... Um, Teams that aren't just solely dominating and the biggest sort of thing there, uh, maybe Dortmund, you know, PSG, maybe, I don't know. But I think domestic success does count into it as well. European success obviously is a higher plane, but again, you don't really have too many European Cup winners going out to the uh, second tier. UEFA Cup, 
potentially. You have had Espanyol got to a final in 2007, didn't they? Um, got to a final in 88, of course, as well. Um, they, they went down for a time, only for a year, though, didn't they? Um, Sleeping Giants, again, I'm not too sure on that one. Um, Daza says a successful team that has been unsuccessful of a period of time, but has the potential to become successful again. Now, the potential to be successful again, um, potentially not, um, but so say, for example, Manchester United don't have the potential to win the Premier League this season. You'd say uh, you'd probably be right along those lines. Um, I think it still makes them, um, as I said earlier, bad example, but it still would make them a sleeping giant in that context. For example, Hamburg may not have a chance at promotion to Bundesliga. Um, not been keeping up with Bundesliga's vie, unsurprisingly, but um, <laughs> they do find it tricky. I, I, in terms of potential to do well, um, it's hard. That one's hard because it's hard to quantify, really. Um, I do think, yeah, definitely successful team that has been unsuccessful because, I mean, like Liverpool in the 90s, I think... It's, it's a difficult one, that one. Um, I think it's because Liverpool were so big to what they were in the 90s. They just, it, I think you do have to equate that. Um, Joe says if they haven't won a trophy for a very, very long time, um, an Arsenal fan speaking there, so um, although I can't, I can't really say that as a Man United fan speaking to an Arsenal fan since Arsenal won a, won a trophy last year, United waiting, what oh, feels like an eternity. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, yeah, definitely. And you can look like win the last one, really. They haven't won a trophy for a very, very long time, which is why I was erring a little bit for Liverpool in the 90s. But I, I, I'm i sort of coming around to it because of they've pretty much come off the back of the most successful time an English club has ever had or maybe ever will have. Maybe you can only really you sort of compare them to Man United from the 90s and 2000s with that one. Um, I think, yeah, I haven't won a trophy for a very long time. For the most part, yes, Although extenuating circumstances being huge clubs, behemoths, like you might have, I know the Coupe de la Ligue is defunct now, but say if PSG now, or rather Marseille, or whoever you'd class as the biggest team in France, if they went 15, 20 years without winning a trophy, but or rather without winning a big one, but won a couple of Coupe de la Ligues, you wouldn't be happy as a Marseille or PSG fan, would you? I know I certainly wouldn't as a Man United fan winning a League Cup, say in 2017, and not really winning much else. Um, but yeah, there we are. Yeah, I agree. Um, at Island FCP says underachieving big fan base, two major factors. Fan base, definitely. Although geography, you do have, I think Leeds and Newcastle are at different stages of their um, setting of the alarm to wake up. <laughs> but uh, as in one season teams, I think they're going to have more fans. Obviously, you do have to look at a bigger fan base also like the stadium infers the uh, past successes of a team now Newcastle being a one one club city that kind of does sort of make it a little bit of an outlier leads to um, maybe Man United Man City Liverpool Everton those types of teams were you know the fabric of English football. I know Man City, if people detract of Man City, say they were born in 2008. Eh, well, look at the 70s um, and then come back to me. <laughs> and that's coming from a Man United fan. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, but yeah, uh, fan base does infer you've been successful, unless there's a, a huge geographical disparity, which I think even in Newcastle and Leeds' case, um, I think is sort of, they were big anyway, weren't they? And that is undisputable. I think maybe you need to look at as well, maybe to prove myself wrong, teams like Plymouth, teams like Wrexham, teams like 
Southampton to an extent, Bournemouth to an extent, although they are sort of surrounded by one another and as well as Portsmouth, of course. Um, but yeah, so, but then again, Newcastle, Middlesbrough and Sunderland are fairly close to each other. Definitely Newcastle and Sunderland. So I think past success does infer a big fan base anyway, um, which is why you think even though Man City are a traditional club, they're not just 2008 onwards which is why they're having a hard time, I think, sort of growing a fan base now because the success is fairly recent. You need to have a bit of a legacy to it. Now you have had the 60s and 70s and they would fill a 30,000 seat every every week. They were doing at Main Road in League One or what is now League One. But when you increase the capacity to near 60,000, then obviously it gets a bit harder and a bit harder, um, of course. But that comes with time, of course, doesn't it? So I think fan base does um, slightly infer achievement from sort of a past realm at td fence says before champions league money and mega clubs i'd say a club in the lower leagues that wouldn't look out of place in the top flight now i don't want to open this can of worms because there are tons of teams who have supporters who believe they should be in the premier league or rather they should be in the championship if they're unfortunate to be as low down as say league two in the conference for example won't name any clubs for fear of backlash, but uh, there are those clubs. Um, every every fan, I think, to an extent, unless you're really dour, thinks they should be higher than what they are. That's just life, isn't it? Um, but uh, yeah, I do agree. Um, there are there there are <laughs> undisputably some clubs who should be higher than what they are. Um, only a few lesser than what you think. I'm talking more Sunderland dips, which. Which did get mentioned first, one of the first comments. I mean, that, that says it all really, doesn't it? Uh, not just me saying that. Ipswich and Sunderland, you've got a couple. Sheffield Wednesday, to an extent. I, although I did go and watch Sheffield Wednesday a couple of weeks back and they were shocking. But uh, there we are. <laughs> but that's, it's all based on history, isn't it, really? Not what's on the pitch. And um, if what you had on the pitch was any good, you'd be further up, wouldn't you? Um, it's rather just the, the, the folklore of the club sort of attempting to sort of dredge them back up to where they believe they should be. And if and if everybody was where they should be, we'd have sort of like a 32-team Premier League, wouldn't we, at this point? So had to uh, so had to sort of uh, cram all them in. But I do I do agree. I do agree to an extent. Um, George B0106521. I struggle reading the numbers that when they're in consecutive order like that. He says, thank you for commenting though. Uh, he says, teams who have won the top flight multiple times in history won European silverware. To, and yet European silverware, I think, is the next level, isn't it? Because for the history of it, you have to have won or got fairly close to a top flight title or at least won something with the FA Cup, you know, sort of getting into the Cup Winners' Cup back in the day, which is why TD Fence um, argument is a good one before Champions League money. I'd also say before the format, before the, you know, upgrading the, you know, the inflation of European football to seven teams in and they're all, yeah, that's, um, that, yeah. I agree, a top flight multiple times in history. Um, like I said, we're not in a forest. And also, like I said, at the top show, it's all relative anyway, isn't it? Um, there's certain, I'll, I'll, the size limit, I think, seems, I think for me, teams who are routinely in the top flight, I think is my absolute minimum, the threshold, so to speak. I think if you've been, say for example, Coventry in League Two, yeah, they're a big, they're a sleeping giant. Now, probably not, because also you've got the things off the field where they, they're back in the stadium, they're, they're not, they are. Um, you've got them now in the top half, firmly in the top half of the championship, maybe making a return to the, the top flight. They were in the top flight from 
the late 60s to 2001 without doing anything. Yeah, they may have won the FA Cup in 87, but in terms of the league, they did absolutely nothing. But in doing so, you, you, you become bigger each and every year. You become bigger each and every year with that one. So you've got Huddersfield, like I mentioned earlier, maybe... Maybe there's an expiration date as well um, because they were huge. Accrington, very huge. You know, all these northern clubs that were so big when, you know, life was starting off. Sheffield United, as you, you can point to as an example as well. Um, but you do have Huddersfield more recently, two years in the Premier League. Bradford more recently, two years in the Premier League. Oldham, two years in the Premier League as well. Now, Huddersfield, they're not, in terms of the relativeness of it, Huddersfield are in the Championship. Oldham and Bradford are in League Two, former Premier League teams, of course. But... Obviously horrific what's happening at Oldham at the minute. It could be potentially the first, although you may disagree if you're a Wimbledon fan, the first former Premier League club to go into the uh, non-league, of course, um, could happen. Um, and then do they become a sleeping giant? Oh, I'm not sure, really. I'm really not sure because they didn't really have a, a, a rich vein of history before that in the top flight. I mean, yeah, you can point to the late 80s and early 90s where they, they had very, very good cup runs and you may think... As we discovered in the uh, in the Barclays a week or two back, Cup running ninety four was perhaps to the detriment because they went down and of course never to resurface. And also, if you're a sleeping giant who's now awake, do you have to have done it organically? I don't really think so. You got City who've not really done it organically, have you really? Um, and I don't think that matters. I think there's a lot. Obviously, sports washing is a whole different subject, which I probably won't ever get into on the Notice Nostalgia podcast. You'll be surprised to learn, um, but. I, I still think um, there are there are elements that you're still they're they're awake at they're they're alive. City beat PSG last night as time recording <laughs> in the Champions League. Um, Newcastle are about to wake up. Um, you've got to believe, surely they got to wake, got to wake up. They're still bottom of the Premier League, but you know who knows. And um, let's get on to some teams that could be classed as sleeping giants. Suggested by you, um, Nottingham Forest is the most suggested. By Dave Matheson, by Maracas Flute, by James Willis. Um, Everton was suggested by Derek Cleary. Everton, I've spoken enough about Forest, so I won't get really into them. Um, Everton, I think the not winning a trophy for a long, long time has really hampered them. 1995 it is now. Um, and well, it was then, it still is now, obviously. <laughs> but uh, it's getting on for... Getting on for 30 years, um, we're not winning a, a trophy. Anything would be fine. Not even won a League Cup. That obviously comes from the 80s. And also as well, the Catholic team in the 70s won the league in the in 1970. Um, there is a lot of history there. Huge lot of history. Um, I think being in the bottom half, not winning any trophies is, is sort of, I think that's the main thing. Being in the bottom half of the Premier League, where they are, or rather mid-table, sort of around 11th, 12th. I wouldn't say they're sleeping giants in that respect because no one's saying they should be going out and winning winning the Champions League or whatever. They're not sort of that level, I don't think. Um, unfortunately, never got to play um, too much in a Champions League or European Cup, of course, for um, extenuating circumstances. But I think it is that drop-off, like Liverpool in the 90s, that drop-off, but it's a sustained drop-off but the only the they've not been they're not not as big as Liverpool, not as big as Liverpool, not as successful in Liverpool in the eighties. And I think if if there is any doubt that there are a sleeping giant, that will be quashed if they win something, anything, League Cup, FA Cup, anything. 
um, there wouldn't be a sleeping giant anymore. In my book, the, I'm on, it's on the border of it, really. Um, they, they do occasionally play in Europe. Whether that is or not a, a marker for being a sleeping giant anymore with how Europe's expanded and expanded um, is another question. Um, we've also got Sunderland from Dave Matheson. Um, again, spoken enough about Sunderland on that one. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, Dave Matheson as well. And Sheffield Wednesday were very, very successful in the early 90s. League Cup winners in 91, got to both finals in 93, sustained run in the uh, top flights. Um, people of a certain age will remember them. Obviously, you've still you've got the history as well. You know, when Northern teams ruled football <laughs> before the war, um, you got that history from there when they were called the Wednesday, of course, one of the most successful teams in England. Um, so you still got that lingering uh, along there. But again, as I said, with Huddersfield, an expiration date, I don't know on that one. Uh, it's still a big club, as I said. You can feel it when you go to Hillsborough, huge club, massive stadium, massive landmark in English football history for you know certain reasons and for you know how big Sheffield Wednesday are. And yes, I think they are now definitely because they're in League One. Championship, you're thinking... If they're struggling in the championship, I think you're on the border there with Derby as well. Derby, definitely. As Maracas Flute says, with the perils there in their certain League One now, aren't they? And League One is almost, in terms of historical clubs, looks stronger than the championship at some points, you know, with the huge teams they've got in there. And um, Sunderland as well, Maracas Flute says. Bolton as well, we're not even discussed Bolton there. I think Bolton's another tricky one. I'd say... If they get into the championship, I, I think they're no longer asleep. I think they're sort of. I think obviously the the peril that they were in financially getting plunged into League Two, like Coventry. I think they're on the sort of similar lines. They had a great run in the Premier League a decade earlier. I think if they get into the championship, I think it's along the same lines as Coventry. You can sort of extend that to Blackpool as well. Nobody mentioned Blackpool, but again, financial perils going to League Two. Portsmouth as well. You could uh, lump them in as well. There's a stream of these clubs that have spent considerable time in the top flight, either historically or recently, plunging down to League Two, financial ruin, and then working their way back up slowly and surely. Portsmouth number one in League One, Bolton in League One, Coventry only just escaped League One, Sunderland in League One, Derby seemed to be in League One, Blackburn only just in the past few years escaped League One as well, from Dave Matheson as well. Won the Premier League in 95 again, going back to that organic question. Did they do that organically? Um, I don't think it's too much of a bad... That was no sports washing thing. It was just a guy with a lot of money who was close by and he loved the club and gave them everything, um, and including the Premier League and a Champions League campaign. For the recency of that, and obviously Blackburn, fairly big club in, you know, before the war when Northern clubs ruled <laughs> football, you, um, yeah, they're definitely sleeping giants. When they get into the Premier League or when they fight for the top six, I've been plugging away for them to get up uh, for what seems like two or three years now. <laughs> Maybe on the way, but they keep losing a few players. Um, yeah, they're definitely sleeping giants as well. Um, Hamburg and AC Milan mentioned by George B. I'll call him because I'm not reading out all those numbers again. <laughs> Hamburg, definitely. Champions League winners in the second tier of German football. AC Milan, I think they're one of these that are waking up, just about to wake up. Set their alarm for half six as I did this morning. Um, yeah, they're, 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 they seem like waking up or maybe woken up. They're in a the title race now. Hamburg, definitely one of the biggest sleeping giants in European football, in my, in, in sort of my opinion, from where they were in the eighties to even where they were sort of mid two thousands, late two thousands, the Raphael van der Vaart team, they were, they were a big team getting into the champions league and stuff. So for now, for them to be so low, yeah, they definitely are. And sort of teams that have woken up from being sleeping giants. Liverpool, 
if we're classing the 90s as a sleeping giant thing. Um, definitely. Newcastle are pending, of course. Man City, of course. Chelsea as well. To an, Chelsea's another difficult one because they had that little stream of success, didn't they, in the late 90s. Rude Hullet, Viali's manager, Gianfranco Zola, Roberto Di Matteo, those types of players. They won a number of cups in the late 90s. Obviously, that level of success blown out of the water when you get to Roman Abramovich era and of course Champions League league etc um yeah Chelsea as well Man City as well with ending 34 years of hurt winning the FA Cup and then for me becoming the team of the 2010s I don't know if that video that I released that had that line in um has been released yet but the team of the 2010s for me and yeah definitely sleeping giants Dave Matheson says Aston Villa leads West Ham on the way to waking up West Ham I think I've already woken up. They're alive and kicking. Um, they've had a shower. They've brushed their teeth. They've you know, <laughs> they've got on their uh, they've got on the work clothes work clothes and the, the, they're pretty much walking up the driveway and getting into the car. They're, they're, that is to say, they're doing quite well. <laughs> they're doing very well for themselves at the minute. Better than possibly they've done outside of one or two seasons in the eighties. 60s as well, they were fairly good, obviously, you know, famous line that they won the World Cup. Um, in terms of their club success, not so much success there. Um, that was obviously coming at what I think is a golden age of English football there, um, either side of the World Cup. Aston Villa, six months ago, yes. Um, now, shaky ground ball, though, now Stephen Gerrard's coming and... But in terms of being in the top flight, again, European Cup winners, again, uh, not even mentioned them yet. European Cup winners gone into the second tier, come back up. Good, made a good fist of it. I think they're, I think they're, by Zach and Dean Smith, they've shown their ambition, I think, and they will, they're now looking top half now, aren't they, really? And Aston Villa is a club where you'd think, name me the top 10 biggest clubs in English football, Aston Villa would be there. And, um, yeah, and for to see, but that's the only thing. If they're in the only in the top ten, and for where they are now, I think that what they fifteenth in the league is that sleeping giant enough? Um, they have won the European Cup, not been in Europe for ages, for a decade. Um, perhaps that factors into it as well. Um, they're on the cusp. I, I don't want to. They're about to wake up, maybe, or rather, they've they're they're with West Ham. Although they're slightly behind, they've just put the key in the door. <laughs> Similar lines with Leeds. Leeds, I think, are probably a bigger club than Villa. They're on the same lines out the Aston Villa and Leeds. I can't really split them. I did a top 92 um, teams in English football ranks ages ago. Um, I can't remember who I ranked higher, Aston Villa or Leeds. I'm split either way. It's a flip of the coin stuff, really. Um, Maracas Flutes says Wolves. And yes, absolutely. Um, huge team from the 50s, of course, Stan Cullis. 40s and 50s there fantastic team huge team deserves I don't care you know some people may say George Mendes and all that um, but they're a huge club and they deserve to do it um, and the huge 7th place finishes the 6th right now um, having a bit of a bounce under the new manager Bruno Lage yeah they've, they're they're awake they're even further than West Ham they're on the motorway into the going into the office <laughs> so to speak and Daza comes up with a few more continental ones into Milan they're definitely, they won the league last year, didn't they? And they've qualified for, time of speaking, yesterday, last night, they qualified for the Champions League knockouts for the first time in ages. So you've got that. 
I think it's for the first time since just after Mourinho left, I think, 2011. I think it's the last time. Maybe getting the dates wrong on that one. But it's been a long, long time since Inter Milan have played a knockout stage fixture in the Champions League. They will do that. Obviously, you got to think uh, Europe League final in 2020. Obviously, league in 2021. They're, they're awake. They're, yeah. They're, they've already done half their day. Um, Liverpool, yeah, after Klopp coming. Um, yeah, it was a mini. It was sort of like a, a power nap on it, really. <laughs> it weren't, they weren't asleep. It was like sort of like a power nap. Because Brendan Rodgers, that was like, when Brendan Rodgers come in, they had that season. That's sort of like the sensation when you're... When when you're asleep and you feel like you're falling, then you wake up and you feel like you've just fallen out of bed. That was what that Brendan Rodgers season was. You go back to sleep, and uh, and then you uh, you realise Jurgen Klopp's in your bedroom and you've won the Champions League. And yeah, that is all like it's mainly from Rafa Benitez, and it's mainly from the takeover from Hicks and Gillette, really, in the administration. That sort of had a huge hangover for five five years or so. And I, I, yeah, I'd call that a power nap. Aston Villa not winning anything since, what, 96? Yeah, Everton not winning anything since 95. Yeah, they're more in a slumber, really, than that. And in terms of, we'll end this now with um, a poll I did on Twitter. What, what is the cutoff point for success for you to be considered a sleeping giant? And the majority of you on Twitter say the 90s. So it does mean Aston Villa, Everton, who, you know, one last won their trophy in the mid nineties. You can count them really. Um, yeah, I, I, again with the relativeness that we started off with today's show, Wigan in 2013, potentially Middlesbrough 2004. Their only trophies really, uh, major trophies, and could you class them as sleeping? Maybe not Middlesbrough because they're doing quite well in the championship. Wigan. They're in League One, so probably, um, but are they big enough? Um, that is a question, and obviously it comes with time, doesn't it? And it comes from developing the, the sort of folklore around it, and, you know, again, numerous things that we've all wrapped up into a nice little bow. I think we've done our job today in discussing what is what is a sleeping giant and all the things that sort of go into it. Next week, we'll be back with episode 64. We're going to play another game. We're not, no, it's not... It's not obscure footballer yet. That'll be the week after. Don't worry. We'll uh, sign off in style before we go on our two-week break for Christmas. Number episode 64 is a game I like to call underrated, overrated. So you've sent all your players in and I'm going to... You've determined whether they're underrated or underrated. I'm going to decide whether you're right or wrong. But more on that next week. And thank you very much for listening. Silly and Happy New Year. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW group.
void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.